0: Hi friends, welcome back to the Heart and Hustle
1: podcast.
0: I'm Angel Coyard.
1: And I am KrysMo Keith, and we are here every Thursday to talk to you about business, entrepreneurship, life balance, and everything in between. And if you are missing us and we're not on the podcast, you can always go to Facebook. We are at Heart and Hustle Podcast. We are on Twitter at Heart Hustle Pod, and we are mostly on Instagram, as are most people nowadays, um, at Heart and Hustle Podcast. And you can use the hashtag #BossSoHard to show us what you are up to because we love seeing what our listeners are doing, what you're creating, what you're working on, putting out products. If you have new services, whatever it is, share it with us so we can see what you're up to. Yeah. I mean,
0: we are thoroughly amazed. Sorry, our episode came out Monday last week. We recorded a little bit later, but it's fine. You guys are flexible. You're rolling with us. You understand what we're doing and that we're busy people. So you do have two episodes this week, which is a bonus, like not having an episode the week before. Yep. You get two in a week, so you're welcome. Congratulations on your, your you know, endeavor, so. I yeah.
1: feel like last episode, um, wow, we really, we really spilled the tea. I need to listen to that back just to, because I, you know, you edit them, so you hear them again. I don't hear them again. I hear them a little bit, but like and not like, as much we as. Just, we just be, we just say stuff, especially when it's just the two of us. We really just get real comfortable, and I feel like, you know, we often forget that other people are listening. I shall stand Bye. in my truth.
0: At me, if you would like, on any of my platforms, and I will confirm what I say. And and like, what I, say. I
1: hope that no one is upset with us, but I don't think you oh, do too much. I... But. Don't care. <laughs> <laughs> and there's our two personalities right there. That is
0: the podcast. If you're brand new to listening, and you always know in a podcast where there's two hosts, there's always a nice person and a not nice person.
1: <laughs> is that a thing on podcasts? I feel like yeah.
0: I feel like you, you can typically not put them into like if you if people yeah I was gonna name a couple of them and I was like let me not do this because that's because <laughs> <laughs> they me. might not think because I'm like, not they like, name it. the person who's the mean person will not think they are. I, or they would like me and they're like absolutely that's 100 percent true but i won't do that to those people so just a lot of the podcasts with two hosts there's always like one or not even just me but a person who's like obviously at least trying to be more like
2: I feel kind like the,
0: or receptive or whatever you know what i mean like the softer person and then there's yeah. a person who's like to tell like it is like
2: you know. I, feel like, I feel like
1: the realist and the optimist is probably yes
0: yeah, yes and i'm exactly. very much the realist uh I'm very much this show optimist. i'm not gonna be and it's funny
1: because i'm like a depressed optimist but i really am i feel like maybe that even shows just how optimistic i am because like i am depressed like maybe 20 to 30 percent of the time but i'm also like but i think it's gonna be okay <laughs> <laughs> and that's me in a nutshell
0: <laughs> it, there there it is uh but if you are feeling a little damn like <laughs> people uh if you, you're you know it's been a, it, un, unlike some people's strong opinions, I think 2020 was not a, a great year. It Never may have been all. a hard year for you. Um, <laughs> so okay. if you are coming on the you know other end of that or you're, you're dealing with new diagnosis, di- not, diagnoses, 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 diagnoses uh, <laughs> with mental health, because I know a lot of people took their toes into therapy for the first time this year over the past year. Uh, You are not the only person. I think there's so many people, if you've had the extra income for the first time ever, to sit down and invest in yourself and talk to somebody else and say, hey, I'm not feeling great. And so uh, that you're not alone. Just we're going into a new season. It's going to be a little bit warmer in summer. Try to go outside, find some things outside that you can do that can maybe improve your mental health, work on your Uh, maybe getting back into physical activity. I know it wasn't easy to do during the pandemic. We're still in it, but it wasn't easy to do at the height of it. But now it may be a little bit. You may be more comfortable going back inside to the gym or there may be more outdoor opportunities where you may feel comfortable in a crowd if you're vaccinated or whatever the status you have. So find something that works for you so you can move your body. And unfortunately, that does help. Like Eating healthy and moving your body really does improve your mood. It sucks because you got to do it to get the mood mm-hmm. booster, like get all the serotonin, but it does help. So I will, that'd be my like tip of the week for people who are trying to look for something that's cheap and easy to do to maybe boost your mood to get, because it's summer. I feel like social media right now is like, Hey, it's summer. We're so excited. Summer's all on Sway. It's going to be summer. Next month we're going to do this, this, this. And it's hard when you're, you know, you're yeah, not in a space. Yeah. You're like, okay, well that's good for you. Where are y'all feeling good about? But maybe trying something new, trying a new recipe, going to different places. We've been trying to get to the beach as often as possible. Um, And that's been, it worked. It's worked for me. I'm like being near our ocean and outside of, away from people has improved my mood more than
1: <laughs> like, well, and it's so, true. I've tried. And, you know, like, I feel like I've always had like, you know, I've always struggled with anxiety, but like depression, I've just struggled with like, you know, more recently, like the past, like, I don't know, probably like year and a half maybe two years. But I think that I did like the, the reason I probably never had like really bad issues with depression before is because you were always there just yelling at me to go outside and the outside was there and I could go into it. So like, if you have winter, like that is such a, for me, just like, Oh my gosh, like it's terrible. Cause you just literally like, can't go outside sometimes, or at least not in the same way or with the same ease. But it's so funny because it's like, you just always tell me the simple things you're like, go outside you know, see people sometimes, you don't have to do it all the time, but you, ha- you do have to see people sometimes, like just these little things that you're like, kind of, you've always made me do. And I'm like, oh, like these things work. Like you're basically like my therapist, <laughs> but like just a very blunt one. That's like, we're going to go outside. You're going to like go to a small event. Like just doing those little things, like it, you don't think it's going to help, but then you do it, you come on the other side of it and you're like, oh, like it actually did help that I like got out. Even if just for like, 20 minutes every day and took a walk, or even just sitting on the beach and looking at the ocean, or you know, whatever it is, eating some more vegetables. You know, the simple things really work. Yeah. Um, For me, I've been going to the gym here now that we have in our building, now that I'm fully vaccinated and no one goes to the gym. So that's like a plus. So it was a nice
0: gym. So I'm so upset that people. Like that is, I, if I could take your gym and put it in my house, I'd be it's fine. Really, like I would be thriving right now. Be able it to actually
1: has two rooms. I'll I'll walk through it. When I go um this afternoon, I'll walk through and like show a little bit more of it. But it actually has two rooms. Um, I haven't really utilized the other room. I stretched in it yesterday for the first time and I was like, that's cool. But yeah, it's a really nice gym and like no one's ever in it. So I've been going down there and just making sure that I get something in every day. And honestly, a lot of days I haven't had like The capacity to like figure out a workout, Um, especially if I'm like not, if I'm there alone and John's not with me, I'm just like, I don't feel like, you know, picking out which exercise to do next. So I've just gone on the elliptical or just walked or whatever, but after an hour, I feel so much better. Like it's like night and day, the way I feel going in and the way I feel like heading out. So Remember that endorphins are real. All of that science stuff is real. So if you're not feeling it, please just try to, you know, get out just for like a simple walk. You don't have to like push yourself to be at a certain speed or whatever, like don't overthink it, just try to move your body in any way you can, try to stretch where you can. Um, and then reaching out to friends and just little conversations, just a text like, Hey, how you doing? Or, Hey, I saw this and thought of you, just those little things can really lift your mood and just help you kind of like make it through the day. Um, just a little brighter and happier.
0: Yeah. So that is our tips for the week. You know, this episode's really thorough, so we won't go into a lot of it. It's, there's a lot to unpack there. Um, our guest is generous and such a mood bootstring person, so I think I maybe wanted to preface, like, we're going into a really happy podcast. Like, you guys, if you're not in a space mentally, maybe here's some things that you maybe take a walk and come back, because I get it. Like, maybe you don't want to hear somebody who's, like, super cheery. She's fantastic, but I totally, like, moods are all over the place, so... Uh, she's wonderful. She's a gem. We we're so thankful okay, when to we were, have her. You're we ready
1: to be happy. Um, she, yeah, come really back and listen to it. And amazing repeat. episode for you because um, what's really interesting is I love when we get to see someone's very specific um, career path, but something that really applies to everyone. And that's what I really love. So, yes, you know, sometimes we have people on and it, it can be very, like, some careers are very specific or whatever. But what I love today is that everything Katie covered is stuff that you know, I really like- Anyone can do it. It's applicable for every single person. I see this happening like where in my space and where I am. So yeah, it's definitely going to be stuff that literally no matter what you do is going to, you're going to find incredibly helpful.
0: Yeah. So I'm going to go because they're delivering a car. Um, (laughs) This is a new thing. (laughs) If you've not lived anywhere where people are getting cars delivered or picked up, I feel like this has happened so many times now. I'm like, okay, they're making noise. So we will go. Um, You guys- be sure to rate and review on apple Podcasts. listen on anywhere the podcast are mentioned refer a friend tell a friend about us if you've been a long time listener and people are listening looking for new podcasts feel free to say hey go check this one out and share it with your friends and we're so excited and if you have any ideas for guests or you have someone who's in mind always reach out to us on social media but we will see you guys next
1: week bye, bye. Hey, guys, I am so excited because today on the podcast, we have somebody who has basically helped me get through quarantine, if we're being quite honest. So we have Katie today here with us. I'm just really, really excited for us to get a chance to talk to her. So Katie, for anybody who doesn't already follow you, just tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do.
2: Uh, I'd be honored, but that is quite a introduction. (laughs) I'm already flabbergasted and uh, blushing. well, hello. Uh, I am Katie. My real name is Katherine Alice. So my Instagram handle is Katherine Alice. And since that's the way people meet me now, because we live in an age of social media, uh, <laughs> yes. no one knows my name. And I re- I appreciate that struggle, but I'll give you the spoiler alert right now. It's Katie. Um, and uh, I'm an actress, but I, like many people, do a million other things when you're an actor. And I also learned the hard way, I feel like, that just acting is doesn't exist, um, yeah. and everyone, even the biggest, most famous, most quote successful unquote actor you've ever heard of in your life, does a hundred other things and always has. And um, and I and I like sort of finding my melting pot of what that means. And I've been super grateful to Instagram specifically for allowing me beyond a platform, but like, like a small little group of people with which I can be all of these things at once. You know, I feel like that's rare too because normally you go into a space and you're expected to be one thing, but when you're in and especially any kind of creative, but especially an actor, it's literally not sustainable. It's impossible to make acting your only thing because the, first of all, there's not enough of a job that exists for you to be doing it all the time. Um, unless you work at a theme park and sometimes that works and that's amazing. But um, for the most part, not really. Um, So anyway, I am also a general creative. Um, I create a lot of different things, you know, content creation and I have a weird relationship with what that phrase means, but it can mean whatever it means to you. And to me, it means getting creative with whatever project I have on my horizon. It could be, a fun project, it could be a work project, but I just approach them all with that sort of creative mindset. Um I still act as often as possible and audition for things. Um, you know, I could go into like some stuff like that I've done, but that's not as interesting to me as um, you know, some of the other stuff I do that I fill that melting pot with. Um, I also work for an amazing company called Scenery Bags. We're only about three people. Um, and it was founded by my friend, Jen, who is a Broadway stage manager, or I should say was, um, and what we do is we take theatrical sets from Broadway shows and other shows that are no longer able to be used, and we upcycle them and turn them into bags and accessories and things like that, and, uh, and then sell them back. And a portion of every sale from there is donated to uh, TDF, which supplies tickets to, um, to kids who wouldn't otherwise get to see theater. Uh, and then sometimes we've donated to Broadway Advocacy Coalition and um, the Broadway Green Alliance. And it's just like, it makes me really happy. So I run all of our social and do some other things for that. And that is where I've really found, like I, when you're an actor, you always have to have supplemental work and supplemental things going mm-hmm. on. But it was really joyful to me to have something like this supplementing my acting because I was still in the world and I learned so much about the fact that like you can still be a part of, for example, a Broadway community uh, without booking a Broadway show or you can still be a part of the community that you wish to be a part of. There's so many ways to be a part of everything. Nothing is as simple as if I don't do this one thing, I'll never be doing it. And and this is this that part of my, uh, of my melting pot of, of work and what I do has really taught me that. And I'm grateful for that all the time.
1: Um, I love that you, you point that out because I feel like a lot of people do think that when you're an actor, like you just do that one thing, but it is really, really incredibly rare. Like most people are doing more than one thing. Even like you said, like even on the level of people who are extremely famous, it's like, They're not just acting. A lot of times they're like directing, they're producing, and then they're doing other things like having skincare lines. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, 100%. Exactly. Yeah. So it is really one of those jobs where you're kind of going to be learning different trades within that field and sometimes things that are kind of like adjacent to that field.
2: A hundred percent. And the trick is to, you know, not feel like you're forcing yourself into everyone's least favorite term, a survival job. Um, And hopefully for anyone and not just an actor, you you never feel like you have to only exist in survival mode and have a survival job because that's just not a it's not a healthy or happy way to live. But um, especially for an actor, you know, you think like, oh, what's the worst job I can get so that I can, quote, be an actor? That is such a shame. But that is what we're taught or used to or expect. Mm -hmm. and. That is definitely not the way, not the way to approach it. The way to approach it is what other parts of me do I love and can I use to make money and help other people, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, while I continue to support this dream and and see what happens in between, because the in-betweens are lengthy and- are often, I mean, for anyone, for literally anyone, um, and and getting creative with that, and or more importantly, being open with that and patient with yourself. You know, you can't just say, well, I might hate waitressing, but I have to do it. I'm sure there is another thing you could do. Mm-hmm. I'll help you. <laughs> there is another thing you can do that if you hate it, don't do the thing you hate so that you can do something that you love because otherwise you will be sitting around I mean, I've lived that. You'll be sitting around at home, exhausted, hating work, and just waiting for something to happen to you. And unfortunately, especially with acting, but with a lot of things, but especially with acting, that's just not how it works.
1: Yeah, it's incredibly draining to have a career that you're doing every day that you're going to, you hate it. It takes everything for you to like give yourself to that and then at the end of the day you have nothing left to give like to your actual craft right Um, right. that's I've been there before too I feel like it's so important you know especially like if you are an actor like part of that is being able to like have that creative process, like that you bring to a role. And there's definitely ways to find that, like outside of like the stage and film and that sort of thing. So it's like, if you can have a creative job where you're still getting to express yourself and to explore that side of yourself, it's like, you're still flexing those creative muscles. And really that's just going to make you that much better of an actor.
2: You know, exactly. It's experience that Mm -hmm. you're and just a fueling your own happiness, which is also really important.
0: I love the way you have put this, because it definitely has already given, I feel like, people who are aspiring creatives in career fields that can go oversaturated, just advice on how to actually pay your bills while doing the thing you love. And I'm like, we could end the podcast now. That was great. Um, <laughs> so, Kitty, tell us your history uh, with acting, uh, how you got into it, what is your favorite you know, job that you've had thus far, and then what your dream role would be.
2: All the best questions. Classic. Um, I, Everybody I, either has a moment where they go, oh, I'm going to be an actor. This is my moment. And here's my story about it. Or the, I find the only other one I've ever heard is the, like, it just was always a thing. And I'm one of those, it just was always a thing. People, um, I would, when we, go, we used to go to the video rental store, I would only go, At as little as I can possibly have memories, I would only go to the musicals section and pick up, you know, those VHSs and be like, (laughs) this is one, Um, even if I'd already seen it a 100 times. And I would push all the furniture out of the way in the living room. I would put on my dress up box um, and reenact the entirety. I mean, I know it sounds like all cute, like when I say like, oh, you know, I danced around my living room. I'm telling you that I was very specifically reenacting every (laughs) single scene in every single musical, like, exactly, alone. No, as a parent, the whole thing. I can feel it. (laughs) It It was very real. To give a great example, for when I was like five, for Halloween, I wasn't just Dolly from Hello, Dolly. I was, and I would say this, quote, Barbara Streisand as Lodali. <laughs> I love that. I love that, was that, is, that is good five-year-old <laughs> behavior. That.
1: Yeah, I love that. I love
2: Had to make that. sure everyone was very sure that they knew that I was from the movie version, I was doing this number, you know, the whole thing. Um, But then I I danced. I took dance classes and did dance recitals my whole life, like from when I was two, but I didn't do theater, theater, Of any kind until in seventh grade, our middle school was doing Annie, um, and in our middle school you could only audition when it got to seventh grade. So it was like the first time an audition had ever been put in front of me, um, as an even as an option. And I just went, "Oh well, obviously I'm going to do this." And I didn't, excuse me, I didn't really tell anyone or have any doubts about it. I was like, "Well, obviously I'm going to do this," so I did it, you know, quietly. And believe it or not, I sang "Defying Gravity." That's wow. just <laughs> of course you did. This okay. is very like I can see it. I can <laughs> definitely hear it. And well, see like, it.
1: you know, like you have the chop, so it's you know, I, I can see it. That's an ambitious song for a seventh grader though. Like, like, no, maybe like, maybe you I can sing that mania. now,
2: but I, I beg you yeah. to have the image of a very skinny, very quiet, very confused, like fifteen year old or fourteen year old singing that. No, I love <laughs> it. It was not great, I'm sure of that. But I got a call back for Grace Farrell. So there you go. Yeah. Opposite. Love it. Um, and and then I remember in that audition, I just, this is one of the few things I remember so clearly is I remember in that audition, yes, this is middle school. So why are we going into it? I don't know. We are. Um, <laughs> there, you know, everyone was reading at the callbacks, like with Annie and Warbucks and I was watching them. And then I kept thinking to myself, like, why is no one going over and like holding Annie? Like she is upset. So when it was my turn, after she said her line about whatever she, you know, she was like on the verge of tears, I like strode over to her and held her when I delivered my line. And I remember this feeling of like, that was the first time I understood like instincts and like being human on stage. And even though I was so little, I had this obvious moment where I was like, oh, this is exciting. And also, duh, why aren't you know, like this instinct thing. And I just I wanted to keep doing that. I did book it. Um, but also I will say that just to keep everything very real for everyone, because that's the kind of thing I like that definitely set me up for a lot of, uh, failure because (laughs) the first time I ever auditioned for anything, you know, as a very young kid, I booked the lead. And even though it was a school, our school had like pretty high quality theater because we were very Mm -hmm. close to New York. It was just always, it was, but, um, you know, then I was like, oh, well, so I'll just always be a lead. Boy, this is exciting. You know, and <laughs> the next year didn't get the lead. I was in the ensemble and then it took a long time to get back to that. And then, you know, now in the real world that has happened exponentially. But um, that was just after that. So, yeah, this is how do you explain it? It was just like, duh. I mean, I, I that's not like an exciting word, but like to me, that's what it's always been. It's just like, well, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm going to do that. Um And. Then, uh, I didn't actually plan to go to college, which is another, you know, wild turn in the story here. (laughs) The, um, I was going to go straight to New York. I always knew that I would end up in New York and that's where I wanted to be. Um, and as I said, I grew up like less than an hour away from New York. So it was always my, my end game. Um, but I, I, my high school entered the, um, the Connecticut High School Musical Theater Awards, and I won those for Leading Actress. And then, so I got to go to the Jimmy Awards. Have you guys heard of the Jimmy Awards? I have. Yes. Yeah. 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 They, the, we were the second year ever and the first year that they were on Broadway. Um, so that was, yeah, that was very cool. Um, and so when I did those, I still wasn't planning to go to school at that time because I, again, I didn't get into anywhere. I didn't know any better. I only applied to like NYU, which was my dream because New York, because as I've said, and I applied to, I think like three other places, you know, like Carnegie Mellon and and like uh, Boston Conservatory, I think, you know, like really <laughs> yeah, no safety but I didn't know any better. Um, but anyway, so I was <laughs> very, 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 um, I would give different advice to myself now, but that's okay. You love and you learn. Um, and at the Jimmy Awards, they, the people who were running the Jimmy Awards uh, were faculty members at Point Park University in Pittsburgh. And they were like, you know, you should, I know it's like already the deadline's over, but you should like come here, you know, like we'll figure it out. Um, and so I applied really last minute, like just through them. And they just basically said, yeah, like just, just come. So I did end up going to college. For musical theater and i did get a bfa in musical theater at point park um but i it was all very um what's it? i can't think of a word for it just unplanned you know unpredictable unplanned um it's funny because some of the things that have come out of those two wild experiences like i still actually know people that i met at the jimmy awards um Even uh, Stephanie Stiles, you know, Stephanie Stiles, she is very talented and lovely. She was in my, in my group. That's where I met her. So that is so funny to me, you know, look at her shining now. Um, And then, um, you know, at Point Park, I, that's where I got my equity card in Pittsburgh. Uh, Happened to meet my partner there as well. And we're still together, um, all my best friends and my friend, Brandon Lambert, who's a very talented composer, he's the person who I've done the most work with in New York. Um, and I met him at Point Park. And, and you, you know, this would be anyone's story, whatever way life takes you ends up handing you things that you continue to use, obviously. That's how life works. But it was also just really, to me now, especially so far away from it, when I look back on all of that, I think I can only be grateful that that I got the you know this amazing collection handful of jewels out of that weird experience I can't look back on it and say well I should have just gone straight to New York because then maybe I'd be on Broadway by now and you know what that is probably true because these days you ne- first of all you never know and second of all I have a lot of opinions about about college for the arts doing it out of obligation you know doing anything it's like, Work thing, doing it out of obligation. If you want to do it, of course, everyone should do what they want to do. But I, uh, you know, I look back on it now, and I honestly feel like in this business, you do not need a four-year college in order to be a success. And and I was really forced into it by, well, that now I'm sounding harsh, but I mean, there was a lot of pressure that like this is what you're supposed to do, right? and as an adult if i'd look back on those student loans and the pressure i'd think like i don't know <laughs> i don't think i'd do that again but my point being that like it's a wild weird turn and especially in the acting business the the people and the and the gems of experiences that you collect along the way just by going through the doors are the people that will end up uh giving you your big breaks because that's how it works you you don't it doesn't Nine times out of 10, it doesn't happen the way where you're just really lucky. And you can just be really lucky. And that makes me so happy. I love, I mean, he wasn't lucky. He works his butt off. But I went to high school with Jelani Aladdin, who I'm sure you've heard of. He's my hero. I adore him. I'm so proud of him. Um, But he, he works literally his butt off. But at the same time, the Frozen audition that he booked was one of those one time out of 10 magic moments where he just went into an EPA because he wanted to sing that day and look what happened versus the nine times out of 10 for the most people in the business, it's going to be, I have this one random connection and that connection is going to get me X, Y, Z. And you might not even put it together, but that is what's happening. Um, And so for me, Wow. I, I, this is a long explanation of an acting career. You did warn me. You said, it's okay to talk. Guys, I love talking.
1: Like I'm also like, okay, but can I get tickets to Frozen though?
2: <laughs> so I'm, I'm enjoying this part. <laughs> um, the, uh, the, so anyway, the things I'm doing in New York now are are mostly work with my friend Brandon Lambert and Lauren Gundrum, who's his lyricist. Um, or some stuff that he does alone, and he's so talented. But I would never have known him if that weird career path had not worked out the way it worked out. Um, and he ha- you know, because I volunteer to go over to his apartment and sing any new thing he ever writes. Um, first of all, always do that if you have a friend who's a composer or a lyricist and you want to sing something um, professionally. Just volunteer for them. Volunteer for everything. I'll get in. I could get into that. As an advice column for another ten minutes, so I'll I'll leave that there. But always volunteer for everything. Um, so we've done some very cool things. Uh, we have a new musical called Just Laugh that we did um, off Broadway in 2019. Now, boy, the the panoramic years really flew. No,
1: right? Um, like, what kind <laughs> is it? Where are we? What's going on? I feel
2: you. <laughs> Literally, uh, no idea. Never, haven't been able to get 2021 right. I keep saying 2020. Like, it's my job. Um, we did an off-Broadway... Uh, it's like a little four-person show. It's just funny. It's just funny songs. Like, you could say it's about life, but it's really... It's more about, like, taking everything you think you know and then and flipping it, sort of like an SNL sketch um, with the song. But um, we did that. We might get to do that again in the near future, and that would be really exciting. Um, and so my dream role... You know I could all I could answer that a hundred different ways I mean i've I've often said and it's true that I would love to be a Disney princess of any capacity um, particularly for Disney theatrical Beauty and the Beast when I saw that was the show on Broadway where I was like, I know right.
1: I mean, I saw that as a little kid and I'm like, still not over. I literally have like the roads. Yeah. Like my, my aunt sent my mom and I for like, I don't know, one of our birthdays or something like that. And I just like, literally just like the set changes were like blowing my mind. I was like, this is amazing. The like,
2: are human spirits. It was the set yeah. changes for me too. It was the yeah. transformation when the beast transforms, but the tower yep. is also turning. Yeah. Like what is happening? Or, like, If I Can't Love Her, The Tower Turning. I was like, yeah. this is amazing.
1: It was so good. And, like, they, so they have, like, a mini stage show at um, Hollywood Studios that I would also watch at the time as a kid. Oh, and yeah. So that one is, like, cool, too, you know. And so watching that all the time and then seeing it so elevated, I was like, oh, this is what you could do if you have like more money and more time and more sets. And I was just overwhelmed. Like that's definitely, I mean, I grew up like in a, in a Broadway family, my, my, you know, grandparents met working in theater and stuff. So our family, like, yeah, like I've always been like, I'm a singer my brother's an actor. Like we've always all been into that, but. I feel like I, you know, I watched musicals on, on, you know, like TV or whatever, but that was the moment that I really fell in love with live theater was watching Beauty and the Beast. Like watching this, the first set change was like, whoa, like I'm overwhelmed. This is amazing.
2: I love that so much. And I also love that you brought up the Beauty and the Beast show in Disney World because for a long time, that was my dream gig. Like that specific job. I did audition for it once and I immediately got typed out because, um, I don't look like my friend Belle, but yeah, Yeah. not everyone does. We get it. Um,
1: (laughs) It is a very specific face job. And, um, I have a friend who is friends with Elsa and she said, it's very strange that she has a job where every six months they take pictures of her face to see if they still like it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) that is accurate you're right it's very very odd it's very
1: Uh, my best friend is friends
0: with pocahontas and was the last show uh friend of pocahontas so yeah the stories of learning from that is just i'm like the wildest things and now i feel like it's so funny that they have such strict guidelines but to me as a person who genuinely could not care. Um, I
1: feel like I'm the resident Disney princess of this the podcast. Princesses like not. <laughs> I feel like they do not. Um, the friends, uh, you know, in
0: the princesses currently do not look as well as they did when we were children. I feel like the you
1: the think because we were kids though. No, I think just the re- no because
0: people post pictures and there is. I think the realism right. the realism affects a certain ones it dep- and I also think it depends on the popularity. I feel like the more popular. The princess, like like Elsa, true. has to be like Elsa. Whereas right now, mm-hmm. it, Jasmine does not look like you know what
1: I mean. Like the the bar has gone. It I, just will, depends. I will say so. that there's there's I've seen someone who was friends with Snow White and Epcot that it was a little off yes I, we, we've yeah. all we've
2: all seen that for sure yeah oh, yes yeah.
1: i just feel like they they also are very specific with like which people can be friends with people in magic kingdom as opposed yes, to. yes
2: as opposed to any
0: other park like if you're yeah. hanging out somewhere else in the parking lot outside of disney springs do it you get what you get <laughs>
2: <laughs> it was really interesting because my partner was friends with a lot of people on the disney cruise line yeah, mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. he was friends with jack sparrow but also friends with um some people whose face you wouldn't see and the 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 magic that ties everything together is is as we're saying it is complicated and it is a special snowflake um, i know
1: we're like totally off topic here but you should definitely do the keys to the kingdom tour at i would love to you would absolutely love it. I've worked there and then I've also done, I, I took my husband on the tour because I wanted to be able to show him things about the job that I just could not show him. Yeah. Um, and Like, so I would try to explain these things to him, but I'm like, I can't really explain it. So we did that tour so that I could kind of like show him a little bit of the magic behind everything.
2: Is that the one where you get to see like inside the haunted mansion?
1: Um, you go in the utilidor in this one, um, which is like underground. Um, right. Which right. Is, yeah so and you yeah you go behind the scenes kind of of like a ton of different rides like you'll do like often haunted mansion um like behind the train area like just behind a whole bunch of oh you go to like um where they keep some of the, like the parade decor and like some of the Christmas yeah decor. yeah it's really awesome
2: I, i'm gonna put it on my list i think you've convinced me i'm always a little trepidatious about like ruining my own magic because i am still five Nothing I am changed. five
1: as well, and, um, <laughs> and my husband is also five. I will literally, I will post later today on Instagram this picture of my husband meeting Baymax, and you will be convinced by that photo alone that the magic is not ruined because he's it. done the tour cool. and he's a grown man who looks like a Viking and he's embracing Baymax, and like, he almost looks like he's going to cry. Like, he was so happy. So, yeah. <laughs> it won't that ruin the
2: I love it so much. Now let's all go to Disney World together. It'll be yes. A I'm ready. Yes. <laughs> I'm not okay. at all. So... <laughs> I will talk about that as well for like another hour. So like anytime you want. Same. <laughs> Same. Anytime. Same. Anytime.
1: Okay, but back on track. So your favorite role so far, and your dream role.
2: Um. Oh yes. Okay. So, um, my favorite role so far, um. I'm going to say when I understudied two of my two of my big dream roles, which were I love Nellie in South Pacific, I, I was only for understudy, but I, I still think that show is wildly relevant, obviously not think it just is. And, um, and I and I love the like golden age music. It's not so much even about the book for me always. It's just the the music I can appreciate the modern I I love it all but like that kind of music uh really like just makes me feel things and it just speaks to my soul and I love singing it. Um, I also understudied Eliza and My Fair Lady and I did get to go on and I just you know what that's a good role for you. What's yeah. not to love about that fierce badass lady? Um, mm-hmm. and, um, and 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 then originating things. I mean, so like my my real favorite role and my dream role doesn't even exist yet but we've been working on my friend Brandon again the same person and Lauren they're writing a Jane Goodall musical oh my gosh that's on awesome. um, oh man that's on Jane Goodall Let's say she, you called could- my, she called my child school on
0: Earth Day, and so we're doing our project of inquiry about Jane Goodall. You, my, oh my child, gosh. and you are the same people. She's very much a music theater child, so I'm like, of course, <laughs> this would be very interesting. And in timing right now, yeah. it's all I Jane that in so our much. house
2: right now. I love that. I love that. She is just such a. She's the person we all need. The whole world, the whole planet needs her, and I just think it's just that the the world as a and the earth and the jungle like lends itself so much to music um, africa hello those animals swinging from vines just big tree it just the music that they've written even it's whatever be beautiful the amount there is just it feels like it's just so evocative of that space and what she's doing i mean i also like sustainability and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. is something i focus on as much as possible so it's another marriage for me of perfection where it's like oh it's like a musical that is teaching people about how to literally save the planet but it's still a musical i mean sign me up and i love her so much so i mean my i'm I mean, if we're going to say dream it would be to get to continue to work on that and then hey put it on broadway and and let me be jane so i'll just i'll just manifest a future dream yes i love that but the i would i would leave it with that but i will also say for posterity's sake that my whole life originating any kind of Disney character. I mean, I've always said a Disney princess, but literally any of them, um, especially in the Disney theatrical world, that would be the dream. Um, I would love to play a princess who's like 40, unmarried, really silly, not skinny, and kind of funny and see what happens to her. But you know. Yeah, I would (laughs) watch that.
1: And I also feel like I could see you playing like a Disney character that you think is gonna be like really like sweet and cutesy and then is a villain i love that soul. i could see that for you like hello I, I agatha like... all along yes that's what i'm like that's literally like when you did that like when you covered that i was like that you were so fitting in that so i feel like that would be i would be gagged that's you're great.
2: hired can i just <laughs> how do i hire you to just say that <laughs>
1: word? Go to Disney and just start randomly telling people that are wearing like long button up shirts and be like, Hey, get, let's put this information. I got you. an idea for you. Let me pitch something. <laughs> yeah. So, so thank you. of that, I'm like obsessed with your Instagram and your Instagram has been like this amazing source of like happiness and inspiration for people during the pandemic. Like I, I think I started following you like pretty early on, like during all the pandemic stuff. I honestly have no idea. I do not even remember at this point how I came across your profile, but I've been so into it and we've chatted in your DMs all the time and I'm just like, you're amazing. Um, I think that it's just been a time where it's like, a lot of people have just needed escapism or something happy to look at and to see, and to just kind of be like, Oh, there's some happiness out there. But what I've also loved is that like, you haven't shied away from the fact that like, Hey, this is terrible. Like <laughs> this is all bad. Like I'm feeling anxious. Like I'm not feeling great, but you were like finding those little moments and those little pockets of joy. And when you did find them, even if it was hard to find them, you made sure to share them with all of us, which was so amazing. So I just want to know a little bit more about like, what goes into your finding your inspiration for your Instagram and like what goes into the thought process for what you're going to post in that sort of thing?
2: I, well, I, that all means so much to me. I don't remember a time before I was following you either. So whenever that happens, I, okay. I
1: don't remember like what the main thing was, but I, I can like say a million things that I love that you've done on Insta, but I just don't remember like what that first thing was. I don't know.
2: <laughs> but I, I also really love that because m- my goal would never be, um, First of all, I never need to be have like millions of followers and then I just don't I'm not worried about that. And I also um am not worried about you know, everything ebbs and flows and, and as long as it's like an amalgam of me, that's what that's what I wanna present. Um, I always say that like your Instagram is two things. It's like a portable, free art gallery and it's also a portable, free living, breathing business card. Um and you don't have to use it for those things. You just it's a choice. Um, And I have always been really, really grateful since I've had it since like the day Instagram started. And since like the day Instagram started, even though we were all using like Valencia filters and stuff, I was still uh, treating it like a little art gallery. And it just fueled me so much to be able to put a little piece of art, whatever it was to me out into the world, especially when it first came out was that time when I was just booking nothing. I mean, actually, I might have still been in college at the time, but I still had that feeling, you know, like this isn't going where I I wanted it to go. You know, you just you expect things again, especially in every business. So like not to put down people who are like out there saving lives, but like especially in the acting and entertainment industry, you just expect that either I'm going to do something successfully right away or if I'm not, A, I'm a failure and B, what do I do now? No one, no one sets you up for that kind of experience they just set you up for what happens when you succeed they teach you how to do a show when you succeed and that's not what the industry is like for anyone for the most part but the little instagram world was like this place where hey you could be there or you or you didn't have to i'm not forcing it on anyone but i can i can put up these little pieces of of creativity or or do my own little gallery of things and and so they i love um a quote, and I have no idea where it came from, so I apologize. That um, if even one person is seeing your art or your performance, then you're doing, you know, you're you're succeeding, or that's the goal. Like you just want to make one person feel one thing, or be happy, or flip their mood, or laugh. That's the whole thing, and that is really real to me. Which is like, even like what you've said. If I've brought you any joy in the pandemic, my pandemic. What? Who knows what that was um, <laughs> in the in the peninsula. Um, yes (laughs) then then uh, then I have been a success this year because that is the whole if we're trying to share joy or art with by being an artist or a creative or an actor then then that is that is the limit to what you can expect in return from it Um, and also you have to love it so I mean for me as awful as this time has been I love making little things. I love painting. Um, I love upcycling funny craft stuff, and I I've just sort of leaned into doing that. And I also love that on Instagram you can you can do a lot of things at once because there's no rules. I mean, a lot of people will tell you that if you're not like a niche thing posting consistently, then you won't grow, and that is true to some degree. But I've always been an advocate of. You want to show people your truest self and as many facets of it as you can, and and it might take a longer time for them to be on board with you as a person, but once they get it, then you have made like this connection forever, you know, or whatever forever is for social media. So it's not like a lifelong, you know, thing. But I, I I've always been grateful that I have quality over quantity. I mean, I have people who I who I I love talking to in DMs, and I or people who you know appreciate the fact that i'm anxious one day or i'm painting another and then i'm singing and then maybe i'm catering you know because i got to make money like it's not there's no one thing i'm going to share about and and i have and i i'm so grateful to the people who who can appreciate every facet of me you know i'm never going to pretend to just be like some glamazon star who had was like a one hit wonder and that's all i post about you know that's just not that's never going to be it and especially with with you know, oh my gosh, everything that's been happening—racial justice and um, uh, the the more recent March on Broadway—that was there was the word, and obviously COVID and all of these things that have been happening. It it couldn't be more important to also be vocal about them because even if you have nine followers, if you say nothing, you're just yeah. pretending it doesn't exist, and and you don't have to say a lot. And you can say that it's hard for you to talk about, you can explain why, but it shouldn't be too hard to say one thing once. Um, And for me, it's like, what, how on earth could I deserve to have even my 17,000 or whatever it is followers, if I'm not also going to speak about everything that matters to me, even if you lose people, but you know, that's, I hate that too. When people say, well, I might lose followers. What does that mean? What, what? Um, I have no right to take up the space that I'm taking up if I'm not also helping others take up that same space. And, and I just, so it's all a big, huge, giant balance where I actually approach Instagram day to day. And every day I say like, oh, I could talk about this today or, oh, you know what? I really might do that project today. And then if I do that project today, I post about that. Um, I don't really have like a big backlog of stuff that I draw from because that's what I want it to be I want it to be a living breathing current gallery and business card for for what I'm feeling that day and so my inspiration could come from anywhere it could be something I see outside it could be something that's happening in the Broadway community and I just sort of go with the day by day and then I've also teaching myself that if I have nothing to say that day that's okay too because these are the things we have to learn (laughs) but we do
1: Oh I goodness. love that so much. It's it's but really I, I nice think
2: that you like
1: uh, mapped it all out because the colors are like amazing. But I just feel like you live in that color palette.
2: It's just yes. I mean, if you first of all, if you saw my apartment, you'd go, "Oh, okay." Yeah. Um, and then, <laughs> <laughs> second of all, um, color is everywhere, and it's easy to add to something, and it's what I like to look at. It's also how people are drawn in to maybe listen to something more important. That's great too. Um, But also, it's just what brings me joy. So if it brings other people joy, great. But I do that for me. I like looking at all the colors, and that's what my life is like. That's what my feed is like. just makes me happy.
0: Yeah. I mean, it definitely is... uh... The Like, I opened your feed and I was like, it's colorful. (laughs) And I was like, I can see how, I was like, there's no question as to how Charisma was attracted to your Instagram. (laughs) Immediately, I was like, okay, yeah, this makes sense to you guys. Like, this is totally up to par with things that Charisma needs in her day to day. Oh my goodness. Well, switching gears a little bit, that you know, Broadway is making its return back finally, you know, after a year being, shut down thanks to the pandemic and there's a little bit of a push to bring things towards the future versus going back to before because of a variety of reasons um so what are your thoughts on movements like march on broadway and what would you like to see for the future broadway community
2: i couldn't be more impressed by and supportive of the work that march on broadway has been doing i am so thrilled that we the small uh, things that I've already noticed, like the fact that we have an inclusion director, mm-hmm. first, that is incredible in the Broadway League um, and way overdue. But hey, it's here. You can only say like, "Yay, the hard work paid off." You can't say like, "Where was that ten years ago?" Because that doesn't help anyone. You know, we're right. moving forward. Um, and also, even the the Good Morning America announcements of the Lion King, Wicked, and um, Hamilton coming back, the people that they sent to represent their shows, I was very pleased with. I love L. Stephen Taylor. He's amazing. Mm -hmm. He's the best. And he's so, so incredibly nice and generous in real life. So I was thrilled to see him. But also Alexandra Billings and the fact that she was able to talk about being a trans woman on Broadway. I was thrilled thrilled to see that and that is why actually yesterday was the first day where i was like okay i i can be a little excited and i'm going to talk about broadway coming back for the first time but i i have been trepidatious because i have friends multiple friends in fact i think every friend that i do have in the industry doesn't have a contract yet and doesn't have um any confirmed work that they're going back to even though tickets are being sold so that's complicated but more importantly what's complicated is is rushing back to something that wasn't working is never a good idea for anyone in any part of life. And Broadway and the entertainment industry in general, but Broadway, since it has been sort of largely untouched for so long, if you think about it in the scheme of things, it is so small. It is actually tiny. Um, It's just a couple streets in New York for such a big, important industry. And it's really been largely untouched and unimpacted and so it, it still has so many practices that are rooted in, in unfortunately racism, but also sizism and, uh, just general lacks of inclusion and a general lacks of, of putting people's mental state first. And there's lots of problems. It doesn't change the fact that it's a magical, beautiful place to be that we all want to continue, but it is just true that it's never, because it's so small and, and historically set, it has never had the chance, I think, to really take the time to change. Ideally, this past time would have been enough time for everyone to have that time. Um, and I think I'm hopeful that, that enough people are outraged or are making a difference or have made themselves heard. Someone like Karen Olivio saying that she's not going back to Moulin Rouge was such a beautifully bold, powerful, important thing to do, saying that her, you know, her making money wasn't more important than other people's actual lives. And that I mean, that was amazing. And I so, yes, I I could not be more in support of us going back to a a new place rather than back to an old place. But I also I'm trepidatious. I'm 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 cautious. cautiously optimistic that um that we're going in the right direction that I know to be true um I'm just hopeful that people won't get complacent that was what would worry me and and say like oh well I'm just so excited for things to come back that I'll just let all this hard work go because if it's back then I get back what we need is people who are willing to be uncomfortable for longer so that we could go back to a a better thing and not go back to what we had that wasn't working. I mean, uh, personally, I would love to walk into a room that was full of all kinds of different people from their skin color to their size and, and their gender to beyond and to just not think, Oh, this is rare. You know, I just like that to be normal. Um, so I will, I'll continue to do anything that I can to make that possible, but I, I'm, deeply deeply hopeful and also concerned and and being cautious as we go back to things you know like going back to an audition I, I'm going to be extra careful about what I'm auditioning for who I'm supporting just because it it what a waste it would be of a hard hard year if we went back to past practices that were toxic or unhealthy or not working that would be a waste of a hard time and we have to make something good from it.
1: Yeah, I I love that and I think that so much of like major culture shifts happen from, you know, the entertainment and the arts first and then they kind of yeah. have that rippling out effect. Um so when I saw like the March on Broadway, I was like this is freaking awesome. Like this is amazing. Like I had no idea like, you know, I don't know the ins and outs of like what's going on in the Broadway community, so I had no idea that that was like something that people were going to put together, um, but yeah. that was so amazing to see. My friend Ashley De La Rosa actually spoke at it, which was really awesome. Um, yeah, she like she shared her speech actually on Instagram, so I was happy because I got to read it. Um, but yeah she grew up like she grew up like she was born in New York but like many people moved to Florida because that's what New Yorkers do Um, (laughs) and so while she lived in Florida she lived in the neighborhood like over um, across from ours basically Mm -hmm. and she was went to school with my brother so I got to see her on stage all the time when she was in high school and she was a freaking force back then Um, and now she's like out there doing her thing on Broadway and everything so I was just so excited that you know she like had a chance to, you know, share her her point of view and that so many people were like getting a chance to like actually outline the way that they want the industry to be going forward. And like you said, it's like, we've been through such a terrible time. Like, why would we want to come back from that and just have everything be as it was before when before was not good?
2: <laughs> yes, what a waste.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> we're just not gonna do it. It's okay, We're we're not gonna do it.
1: So you where, where in Connecticut are you from
2: uh actually New Canaan uh but right on the border between New Canaan and Stamford. um okay. it's in Fairfield County we it we were very lucky to live there but by no means uh it's complicated but anyway the the, i was very 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 lucky to live on a train though i loved that because there's a train station in some towns in connecticut obviously that goes straight to grand central so that to me was what i like oh yeah for sure
1: my brother's partner is from madison connecticut which i don't even know if like other people i love madison Madison. okay good it? yeah because it's so all of my favorite bookstore in the whole world yes yeah that's like they have like a bookstore and like like maybe like two cafes and a movie theater it's so tiny like it's and you that's, can walk everywhere yeah, like um I've taken actually like how did I get there I feel like I've taken like a train and like a bus to their house um, I, I I have a memory of being picked up at a train stop at some point because I've gone up there for like
2: Thanksgivings and stuff like yeah, that. Definitely, Family probably metro north. You you took yeah north.
1: Yeah. yeah, and because my you know my brother and his partner live in the city, but um, but yeah, his his parents live there, and it's I like Connecticut a lot. It's really funny because like you know growing up in the south and like not really having an understanding of Connecticut and just watching Gilmore Girls, I was like everyone <laughs> is just rich and white, like that's just what I assume. <laughs> But it's like, everyone is actually, it's like a very, like Madison has like a lot of old white people, but it's like very woke. When I was there, they were showing two movies at the movie theater and it was Loving and Moonlight. So like, I was like, okay, like you guys are very interesting here. Like, I like this, um, which, you know, is speaks to why his parents are so amazing. Um, but so I feel like a lot of people who grow up, um, you know, in Connecticut or like basically anywhere where you're a few hours to New York, obviously you're super influenced by you know that city and I feel like a lot of people end up making that move because there's just better job opportunities and and things like that when you get into the city Um, but I still feel like it's a it's a big it's a big adjustment like living in in Connecticut and living in New York City living in New York City is not like living anywhere else in the world because you have to give up like so many little comforts that people just like don't think about um, and so many things that are like normal in the rest of America, like you just don't have in New York city. That's um, it's, so true. It's, it can be like a really rough life when I stay with my brother for like, you know, a few weeks, I'm like, "Whoo!" like, okay, I'm ready to go back home because I miss just like simple things. Like being able to like wash my clothes in a normal way. That's not <laughs> a whole thing, that's like so full funny. production, you know? No washing um, my
2: clothes normal <laughs>
1: <laughs> so what advice do you have for like actors and creatives who are looking to move to like cities like New York city and LA? Cause I feel like those are really the two where your lifestyle is just different. Like it's just yeah. not, <laughs> it's just different.
2: <laughs> I think first of all, if you are remotely curious about pursuing especially Broadway, but, but theater and especially musical theater, then you should come to New York. You don't even have to like live here for a year, but you should spend a month subletting and like walk around, go to an audition and actually see what it's like to make an informed decision. I always say like going in person, like if someone asks, where should I live in New York? I say, you have to come walk the neighborhood. You can't like look on a map and make Mm -hmm. a decision and you can't trust another New Yorker, unfortunately, because, They will only give you their own opinion that they feel really strongly about because they love what they do. So like, they're going to help you, but you have to take it with a grain of salt. You have to see it for yourself. Um, But it's the same thing with just living here in general. I would say come here beyond that trip you took where you stayed in Times Square and were here for a week and saw Broadway shows and did a tour and that was it. It's different. Come for a month and, and live it and see if it's for you. And then if it's not for you, I would say go find theater elsewhere because if you're going to be unhappy here, then you will be unhappy in your entire career. It is not worth being here just because you think you have to and because you think it's the only way you can be a success. Those are the kind of people who we just don't need here because you're unhappy and and, and everyone would be better off. If you were thriving, all of us, all of us collectively, are better off when individuals are thriving. So, like when I see people who are miserable but are here because they think they have to be, or because they're young and they're and they're waking up at six a.m. to try to get seen at a non-equity call, and then they go babysit and they share a room with five people, they might love it, then keep doing it. But if they hate it, I, I look at them and I say, "Why?" There's theater all over. So you can go back. To where you're from, and do some theater, or you can go try a new place. There's, you can go to Atlanta, you can go to the by the Alley Theater in Houston, you can go um, to up, like the Algonquin in Maine, like all these regional theaters. You could just go be near that and try that. There's no reason to not be able to find theater elsewhere. Um, Chicago, hello. But um, and then the same thing goes for LA. I really love LA, but we are both. Diehard New Yorkers, so I would never move there permanently. But I'd be happy to go there to like work and and do both as long as I could also come back to New York City. Um, I don't like driving. Also, I don't drive. I actually don't even have my license because I always knew I'd live in New York City. So, um,
1: yeah, my brother doesn't have his license either. They're twins, things. so like one has it because he drove down here in Orlando. The other's like, yeah, I'm just not going to get that.
2: I just I love walking and I love public transportation. So. And they are the way of the future. Um, Plus, I just, if I can't walk somewhere, I'm not going to live there. But anyway, (laughs) the, um, but I do love LA and for a lot of different reasons. Um, And I would just say the same thing, which is that if you want to be in TV and film and you feel like you should go to LA, then try it. Do the month, sublet, realize how much time you'll be in traffic. um, And, uh, you know, just also just like get a feel for it beyond just, seeing the walk of fame in Hollywood, you know, you have to like get a feel for the, for the rest of it. Um, and then the same thing with that, oh my gosh. And there's even more places you could go speaking of Atlanta or Vancouver, although that's Canada, but like, um, for, for TV and for film, you know, the, there's just, it's not the only place in the world where that's happening, but I do think it's important for both of those places to just, to give them a try a put your foot in the water. And I say sublet would be my advice because I know how hard it is to move to these places. And I mm-hmm. am basically from here. I was actually born in New York city and it was still one of the hardest things we had to do was moving here, finding a spot, saving up enough money to be here, you know, putting down the double deposit on your rent and all that kind of stuff. It's just, um it's hard. So you don't have to invest in it if you're not going to love it. If you want to try it, that's amazing. Um But but coming here for just like a tiny extended piece of time, or even just staying with a friend for two weeks or something like that, like really getting a feel for it is what's key. And then once you love it, I could go into a whole separate uh, long list of of advice. But I think if you do love it and you are going to come here, then you just have to find more. This goes back to what we were talking about right at the beginning. You have to find more than just your your survival mode. You mm-hmm. have to find a park that you love to visit, a coffee shop that you love to visit. You have to find an acting class that you want to take, not because you're paying to meet industry professionals who might hire you. And, and that's what it's all about. You have to find one to take that you enjoy, where you could actually meet people you like and work on what you enjoy doing. You have to find, uh, you know, little tiny weird jobs that delight you. You have to, you have to go beyond survival mode and waiting for your audition luck to to work because it will never, you're never going to have your big break while you're in the middle of misery. It, it's going to come from the space when you suddenly open up and say like, you know what? I'm, I'm okay as I am right now. That's when lightning strikes. It doesn't strike when you are just miserable and tired and forcing yourself to do things because- all of that comes through. So this is very actor-specific, but in life as well. But when in your audition room, all of that comes through. How how you're feeling in your in your bat in your blah, 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 losing it. <laughs> how you're feeling in your life as a whole. What you're doing before and after the audition. What you're excited about. How you feel about yourself, your self-love, your self-worth, your self-compassion. Anything that's draining you. All of that comes through. So if you are in a bad place with all of that people who are going to get that and they're going to go, Oh, well, I don't want that around me. And that's not your fault, but that is, it's just never going to serve you. So find more than just being here because you feel like you have to. And the same for LA.
1: I love that so much because I do like, we've talked in the podcast before about how we really believe that, you know, creativity can flourish coming from a place of feeling safe and, you know, you don't have to like, we hate like the whole starving artist thing. You know what I mean? Yes, it's like, exactly, no, like, exactly. Yeah, like you can enjoy your life and you can be, you can have food on the table and you can have like, you know, just know that those basic, knowing those basic needs are going to be met is going to make things a lot easier. Whereas if you're freaking out, you're scared about how am I going to make rent, if everything's terrible, you're like, I hate my life. It's not a great place to create from. Um, and, and so I love that you point that out because I think that's so true. I also, everything you said about moving there is so spot on because I have twin brothers and they moved in completely different ways. One did the whole, I'm going to go, you know, check it out with an Airbnb. I'm going to see how I like it. Like he got an Airbnb for like $800 for the month. Wow. I live (laughs) there. I know. I know. He got really, he gets really lucky with rent. Even right now, he just moved into a new place in Williamsburg and it's like really nice. And he actually has his own place now. And I don't understand how based on his salary. I'm just like, you always like find the best situation. Well, for him. (laughs) but like his first place it's like he went there to make sure he liked it first. And he had that, you know, that apartment and like coming from, you know, Orlando rent, like that was, you know, $800. Like, okay, yeah, that's, that's totally fine. He could do that. Um, And he gave it a chance before he, you know, signed himself away to anything. Whereas my other brother was like, I'm going to save up 10 grand and move there. And like, do the big move like he moved. he had a moving truck take his stuff from Orlando and like that's super yeah no
0: one is going to be able to like not guess which brothers which cuz of I- the, how dramatic <laughs> the is. moving once you said
1: know, that, i was like you know, anybody know. who knows knows but i'm just like you know my mom and i were trying to convince him like you don't need to take like your bed and your dresser, like just get it new when you get there And he's like no i need these things these are my things and he spent like so much money and time and effort in the move and sometimes i feel like he doesn't necessarily love new york like he's i feel like he is possibly more of an la person um yeah. because he loves like the sun and just like palm trees you know like we grew up in orlando so it's like i know he misses that weather a lot and he struggles with like you know the colder weather and stuff and you know but he's just kind of like well i'm a tree now i'm planted here i can't move because i put so much effort into this yeah whereas my other brother like if he'll get a job up like he's he's still been in new york the entire time but if he'll get like a job opportunity like he just worked with sunrise and he was in um you know philadelphia for a bit and like then he got some job working with a campaign that was in kentucky randomly and he was like i'll go there for a while so he kind of like bounces around and he was in la for like three months um working as an assistant on um that show with ad bryant that oh sure yeah 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 yeah. yeah so he was yeah he did like some assistant work out there for that and like he was able to get up and go because he created like a very easy to bounce out of living situation anymore. Yeah, it yeah. can be important to have, not to say that you have to give up your place every time, but I do think depending on what sort of work you're going to do, you need to be willing to sublet. Because like, that's how he found, like when I like my brother found his first sublet, is um, it was somebody who was going to go be a director on a Disney cruise. Yeah. Um, and yeah. so they were going to be gone for six months and they were like, I need to sublet my place. And it was a nice place and it was, you know, like she had it like done up, like you didn't have to bring in any furniture. And then she had, um, you know, a longtime roommate who she got along with, which is why she didn't want to give up her place. So I think you really have to be like flexible. And I feel like this, like, it's like the tale of twin brothers. It's like, it really (laughs) shows like what, you know, like when it was super happy, there's a book that um, was for sale in the strand. And it was like, I, instead of I love New York it said I feel relatively neutral about New York and it had like <laughs> a yellow like <laughs> matte face and my brother picked it up and he was like yep this is me <laughs> that's
2: amazing that's really funny
1: yeah so it's like we're kind of like you know we do think he'll relocate to LA like when he feels he can do that in a way yeah. that you know makes sense for him but yeah it really is true like you don't and and that's the thing is a lot of the, the success that he's had has been stuff that he's done online anyways. So he would have been yeah. fine from somewhere else.
2: Which is just why if you're, if it's like anything you do, if you don't love it, why are you doing it? It's the same as like, if you don't love where you live, why are you living mm-hmm. there? Like, it's just- I don't know. Only why do I live to here? to have a well-rounded life. <laughs> <night.
0: laughs> I'm like, this whole point. so Chris was like, oh, yeah. In two months, if I'm not here, it's because Katie, blame Katie.
1: You better stay there because um, you come back and you're not there. I'm she out here preaching
0: pre- pre- the gospel to me, and I feel it in my spirit. And honestly, Angelica jo- really
1: there. wants to escape Orlando. Well, I would live know. in New York. I have no problems. But like, she has I, a child that has really good
0: friends, and that is the only reason why. why. It's oh, wow. The, it's the only no reason, time. and honestly, if she knew that she had opportunities to like be in theater. Like if she, if I had told, sat down and had this conversation with her, she'd be like, oh yeah, we're leaving. Like, <laughs> let's
1: go. <laughs> you sit down and listen to this podcast, kid.
0: <laughs> she'd be like, oh, okay. Yeah, it's fine. Um, as a Yeah, they're doing um, Sound of Music right now. Oh my her, gosh. Yeah, so she's a first grader.
2: <laughs> I love it.
0: As if again, you have any
2: help with her or if she wants, if she has any questions, give her my number. I, she
0: probably would. If you see her FaceTiming you in her room, like if I hear the beep, beep, beep in the middle of the night, I just know
1: it's her trying to get cues on like how favorite things. I feel like how she's, she's a really good actor because she's like a tiny adult. So, like, yeah, she's going to be. Been- their music theater teacher is a gym, like a dream.
0: Both they have a music and a music, And both teachers have called me personally to talk to me about my child. They're like, so what lessons is she taking? And da 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 da. And that. And then I'm like, Oh. I just had a baby. I don't have this kind of money. We're in a procession. What do you say? <laughs> they're like, no, she needs to be in voice. She needs to do this and she needs to do that. And I'm like, I will talk to you guys about it. You, I direct them to my best friend, who is the music theater pre- who does all this. This is her school. I'm like, send it to her and let her know what the recommendations are. And then she'll let me know what to do. <laughs> you guys, I can't. <laughs> um. So moving over a little bit, like as we've already talked to you, and if people haven't heard, you clearly are doing allyship right. And this is something that, you know, we all have, we all are good people, good stewards of human beings. We are allies of other communities who do not have the voices to speak up for themselves. So as allies, we should be doing our due diligence right now, especially, I'm not going to talk about it, but there's a global issue that I'm allying my my butt off as a full-time job (laughs) in my private life and I won't even get into it, but you. you are doing great work right now, Katie, as just a, you know, not to be like more, but really as a cisgendered straight white, well, you know, as you are the white lady um, living in the world. So what is some uh, advice ma'am. you have, <laughs> you know, kind of being in the way of like the reality of who you are? And I think that's a lot of times the difficult conversations come into place that people have, or have issues with being called out of, you know, again, having certain privileges, which we all have certain privileges, is that people just don't know how to stand in their truth and how to use their truth to help other people who may not have the same or afforded the same privileges based on their truth. So, what are some things that you can give advice to based on your experiences as an ally?
2: Totally. Um, well, first of all, as I, I I started to touch on, but it bears deep, deep repeating. It would say that like no one has any right to say nothing, and I don't mean that in a harsh way. I just mean, I just mean um, we. You know, I love that phrase that allyship is the, or activism is the rent I pay for living on this planet. Like that's just, you mm-hmm. to look at it. It's just, it's it's just obvious. Like it's never been something I've been like, oh, I wonder if I should be, you know, actively speaking out about something. It's like, well, duh. Again, it's <laughs> duh. clearly that's the, that's the t-shirt for for my motto about everything. It's like, duh, yes. I knew that. But anyway, um, my my advice for sure is that you can't change who you are. Um, a lot of people haven't accepted who they are if they're struggling with things like this. Um, so, uh, uh, you know, first you have to be able to say like, um, look, this is who I am and I can't change that. Uh, what am I going to do with it? That's step one. Um, and once you do that, the, the biggest advice I would give, I'm, I'm, I'm in no person, no, um, no. I'm no one to give advice on something that I can't, that I don't experience every day. But as far as being an ally and actively trying to be an ally and do what I can to deconstruct things that are harmful, I would say that you have to be listening. And when people say listening, you know, like, oh boy, we all remember last summer when everyone was like listening, listening and learning. That was the, that was the biggest thing of the year. But when I say listening, I mean, I don't, look at what one person did to react to something and say, oh, well, then I should do that too. I look at as many people as I can. That's Listening is comparing and contrasting how other people are dealing with really important issues. Or saying, oh, okay, well, when we were talking about all the Asian hate crimes, am I going to Look at what some other white person said, or am I going to go listen to all the Asian people who are uh, vocally sharing what they wish to see from activists and allies in their community or what would actually help? And then I'm listening and digesting all that information and trying to share what I think is the most helpful to those specific people. So I'm by no means, you know, saving the world or anything, but but I think listening goes beyond what people think it means. Listening doesn't mean like I read, you know, a couple things about a certain thing that's going on. Listening means I am looking to the people who are suffering and then I'm looking to the information about how to help and then I'm digesting it personally and then thinking before I share my thoughts on something. Um, Last year, when everyone was posting Black Lives Matter and Black squares and things, I would guess that 90% of people were doing that because they were a white person who saw another white person do it. I would not guess that they then went to go look for anyone of color or anyone who was more actually affected Um, and who we're actually fighting for, to see what they were saying. Because if you had, you probably would have done something different. And so listening doesn't mean like, oh, yes, I, I paid attention. I saw that my best friend Cheryl put a black square up, and so I did too. I'm amazing. Listening and learning and being an ally means doing the very, by the way, easy work. This is not hard work. The easy work of going out there to find someone who is directly affected directly knowledgeable and directly working to have an impact and to try and trying to get their voice heard and saying okay this is about you and you know what you're talking about and you have advice i'm going to listen to you i'm going to listen to two other people like you then i'm going to put all of that together and i'm going to i'm going to give you my voice as well because maybe mine will reach a new audience from yours and i think that's what it's about and i think that that's not hard i think that's not life-changing but i think it's it's a really simple way that i wish more people were approaching activism right now because it's every little thing including to go back to the march on broadway um you know you could see someone who looks like you is saying like oh i'm you know i'm really excited about broadway but like also like here's the march on broadway information or you could go look at some of the people who have been in hamilton and uh They've been posting these videos about, about how hurt they've been visually and how they've been affected and and actually listen to them and think, oh my God, I mean, that's one story that they were brave enough to share and and what 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 am I actually doing that plays into that and what am I actually doing to help that? Um, you have to, so basically it's like that one extra step outside of yourself. You have to say, this is who I am and then you have to take the one step outside of yourself to to look for the people who do know what they're talking about and who are affected and then you have to and then you have to do what you can and it doesn't mean that you can march all day every day because every, you can't pour from an empty cup but it does mean that you can't do nothing because as i said again none of us have any right to be silent because if you are given certain privileges you know what are you going to do with them and and Most, most importantly, I would say, I think people feel like these days, it's like an all or nothing. And that always bugs me. You know, like, if I'm talking to someone who's like, yeah, but I just want to be happy on my social media. I say, I I sympathize with you. But what so look at, so look at who you are, accept who you are right now. And then look at all those other people who just want to be happy on social media, but also have to deal with, I mean, I'm trying not to get dark and say, but you know what I'm about to say, you get it have to deal with x y and z and don't you think they deserve to quote just be happy on social media and then nine times out of ten it would be like well of course and it would say well then if they deserve it and you deserve it but they can't be and you still can by just saying one thing why wouldn't you and then that's that's the way you have to think about it i think I'm going to make
1: anybody who is white or non-black and wants to be my friend listen to that answer before we start friendships from now on (laughs) because that's so spot on and I like we get asked a lot like how do I be a good ally to black people and I'm like I don't know because I'm black like ask a white person like you know what I mean like I feel like that's so interesting that like that's the one thing that I wish white people would go to each other more for is like, how do I be a good ally? I feel like it's maybe like they're afraid to admit that they're like, they're not good at it, but it's like, I don't think everybody should be good at it overnight. Like it's not something that you're taught in school or anything like that. So, you know, if you haven't tried being an ally before, you haven't had a chance to see what works and what doesn't work. So you're not going to, you know, necessarily have the tools. And if you see someone else working with the tools, then it's like, just ask them and you know it's like when you're in that community you're obviously doing like different things like I'm not like when I'm being active in my own community I'm not thinking about well how do you be a good white ally because I'm like that's not the role that I play in the communities right Right. you know I, I I just I love everything about that answer and I love that you said like you know accept who you are because I do think there's a lot of people that they think it's like an attacking if someone says like you're privileged yeah. or whatever. And I'm like, we all have privilege. I certainly have privilege. Yes. Um, so it's like everyone has different types of privilege. That doesn't mean anything bad about an individual. Um. It's just, you know, you accept the privilege that you have and, and you know, do what you can from there. And I love that, you know, you emphasize listening because I do feel like that's really a big part of it is just people don't want to listen. Like you'll tell them like, well, this yeah. is mine. And they're like, eh. But, um, but to play devil's advocate, there's a lot of that. Uh, So it's just like, you know, if people would just truly listen for a bit, it's like they, it would just blow their mind and they would be like, oh, okay, here are all the answers. And it's, it's like you said, it's, it's not that hard. Like, it's really not that hard to like amplify. Like I, you know, like everything is going on right now, you know, in Palestine and like, I didn't have a, a great understanding of what was going on there. Like it was definitely something that I was like trying to wrap my head around and I knew bits and pieces, but I was like, and that's because, you know, the media is not covering it, you know, and it's, it's been hard to get good information. So I finally found somebody who's actually based in Orlando, who has family that lives over there. And she is a first generation um, American. Um, And so she was able to really like explain it in a way that made more sense to me. And so once I found that information, I just amplified that shared that from my own profile, you know what I mean? Um, And I think that it's also okay to be like, I don't fully understand this. And I am more information on that. Like that's such a valid thing to to be able to share and do as an ally. Um, And I feel like, you know, a lot of people have definitely been getting, better at it. But it's like, I will say that you're one of the few, like, cisgendered white women who I've seen, like, just consistently be able to get it right. And I just, I super appreciate that. And I love that, you know, you have that ability to be like, okay, I'm going to share this, and I'm still going to, like, be myself and have joy in my life and have, you know, like, layers to my personality because like you said a lot of people do think it's like oh well it's all or nothing I don't want to post that it's unhappy I might lose followers so like I'm just not gonna do it and I'm like no like you can still be your happy joyous self and have that be who you are and also acknowledge that these things are happening in the world you know yes um I don't know why people act like that is not I'm like if Beyonce can do it like (laughs) (laughs) hello (laughs) I'm like Beyonce does that all the time we all think of Beyonce as amazing she's love she's light she's just she's everything and then she also will speak out on an issue so you know the life is unfortunately sometimes unpleasant that's that's just the reality of, of the situation and and you know I think that you can still have that joy and be known for being a joyous happy you know colorful person and still say hey, this thing is happening and it's, and it's wrong, or hey, this is happening, we should lend
2: our voices to this cause, you know? It's interesting because joy is actually a far more complicated word than a lot of people understand. You know, it's associated with like the party popper emoji, mm-hmm. but like joy actually comes from a lot of different places. It's happiness and it's sadness and and joy can't exist without acknowledging you know, really dark things that are also happening in the world and then just seeing how you can uplift them or how you are not a part of that and, and, and being grateful, you know, uh, it's, it's that, it's that we are everything. It's that, it's that everything in one package mentality that I keep saying that like is why people don't understand. And that is why for a lot of people, social media is so fluffy or problematic. Mm -hmm. It's because they're looking at it flat. Like it's just... I don't know, like it's just a picture on a wall versus a living and breathing thing, which is just like every person in the world, layered and complicated and has highs and lows and has dark, tragic parts. It has really happy parts and, and one can't exist without the other. And trying to pretend to be anything in your real life or for a job or for your social media that you're not is just the saddest thing you could be. So if you're not acknowledging other people's struggles or acknowledging your own struggles, um, as well as acknowledging your big wins and something really hilarious that brings you joy, you're missing out on something that completes the circle. You're just not a full, it's not a full experience.
1: Like you can't, you don't get to like the joyous moments without the other moments, you know? Yeah. Um, And and that's, I mean, going back to like, when you said like your Instagram is like, you know, kind of like a living, breathing, you know, representation of your life. And and that's why like kind of day to day you decide what to post. Like, I love that because it, it just shows like when you're in the moment and you are being affected by something like that comes out into that space and you share that and you're not afraid to, that back, And yet you still, you know, you still are known for being, you know, colorful and happy and, you know, a source of light and inspiration. So I love that you embody that for people, because I feel like more people that have that sort of platform, like really need to uh, start stepping up to the plate, like you said, they don't have the right to be silent.
2: Yeah. And I believe that. And I also believe that there's just room. There's just so much room for everything. There's room for every person to be a part of everything there is room in your own little social media for both. There is room in your follower from Timbuktu, who you don't know is mine for you to be unhappy and happy in the same week. Like there's room. Yes. Take up more space. It's okay. I mean,
1: I'm unhappy and happy in the same day. So I don't know how people are not no. <laughs> finding the room. Cause I'm like, I go through a lot of the emotions in every oh, day. Yeah. So oh yeah.
2: oh yeah, you're not alone. Not so, allowed.
1: You have shared all of these really awesome, fun, creative projects during lockdown that have just kept us like inspired. A lot of times they've been super funny. Um, I definitely have my favorites, but I want to know what was your favorite project from lockdown?
2: Oh man, I'm so honored and and tickled that you have a, fa- a favorite. That makes me happy. Um, for me, my favorites are the things that I don't normally have time to do. So like... Uh, I made like a cardboard, it's a small world that I like literally hand cut with an X-Acto knife and painted. It's modeled off of Mary Blair, who is a female Imagineer from Disney who I just deeply, deeply love. Um, she was such a pioneer um, and the queen of color, by the way, that's why I mm-hmm. love her. So, um, so doing, that was probably my favorite. I'd spent literally a month on that, I think. And I just, I love how it turned out. And I loved being able to really do that. Cause definitely in the before times I would never have had just time to craft. Um, but I've also really loved doing like, um, you know, reels are (laughs) such a funny thing because I hate on Instagram, for example, when someone will only worry about the thing they have to do to like get engagement and followers and all that stuff. Because I'm like, unless it's your job to, to get engagement and followers, why are you worried is this is your life. You don't need to worry about that kind of stuff. So if you don't want to make a reel, don't make a reel. But I love making videos. So I think my actual favorite was probably I did a Mary Poppins reel because I was just like living my dream role moment. And I just I spent all day on it and I filmed both parts from the original movie of like the no wait that's think of me you know what I'm talking about Um, yes the the, I did that and put it together in a reel that was probably my favorite though those two and maybe that one especially because that was like this moment where I just said I'm just gonna do my dream today and I didn't care if anyone saw it I was just so proud of it I was like I did it I am Julie Andrews I love it oh my gosh
1: so like I told you, like my grandparents, you know, were like super into musical theater and stuff. And so growing up around the house, like it was very common for like people to just be singing. Like it was just, it was kind of like random. Like people would just be singing, like sometimes like maybe my grandma singing and then my grandfather would like come into the room and then he would start singing and they would like literally dance. Like, I'm not joking. Like I know this sounds absolutely wild, but that's just literally how yeah. they were um and so and of course like you know they grew up with a lot of or they saw they didn't grow up with because they they were like adults when they were happening a lot of those like classic musicals yeah Um, so we had a lot of those growing up in my house and that was my grandmother sang and played piano my grandfather's an actor so that was her singing style was very similar to like the singing style that you use during the christmas videos And so both of my grandparents are past now, but Christmas was like, you know, a big holiday in my family. Like we're Catholic Italian on that side of the family. So it's like 400 million people all together for Christmas and like lots of songs and just, you know, just basically like a Hallmark movie. And so those were amazing to me for me to like hear you sing all those songs during the holidays. Like. My husband would come in the room and he's like, "Why are you so emotional right now?" And I'm like, "I'm just watching this girl sing in New York and like reminds me of my grandparents." I so I was that. very into all of all of the Christmas songs that you did were super amazing to me.
2: I love that so much because the just that style of singing is is it's me it's me too it's my uh, you know raison d'être my my um, you know my first inspiration but also I just. As much as I love anything new, I just feel like the art of just singing a story
1: mm-hmm. loves
2: more to that style of music. And and that's my favorite thing about about singing and about music um, and about theater, really. So I just, I love all those like old standards so much. I got to do more of that. You've inspired yes, me. Yes,
1: please do. I will happily join you.
2: Yes, please. I would yes. love it. I would love it.
1: We, we have to do it I'm I'm so into it I I loved having you on today I'm like I just want to like bring you on the podcast all the time you're amazing
2: anytime we could do a deep dive into Disney that would last hours yes.
0: Now. Yes. <laughs> so this yeah. is live footage I, of me being the biggest like but let me tell you what's wrong with that <laughs> it would be you guys would be like love for this and I'm like let me tell you the problem with that not movie actually, show, but that would we'll be like that
1: nuance of like two people who are obsessed and one person who was like not an unnormal a, a person like <laughs> you're like <laughs> not a Disney adult, so you're normal so you like the people who are like tuning in who are like what is what is going on with these two like why are they so into Disney and then you'd be the other person that's like guys like I'm grounded here like let yeah tell you, well, you what's need wrong that, with though. what you're saying you <laughs> I love that well thank you so much for joining us today go ahead and let our listeners know where to follow you all around the internet so that they can keep up with everything you're doing because we are so looking forward to seeing you on the stage when it is safe to be back
2: well you got you're both too kind and i'm i'm grateful to have been here i love it i'm honored um right now i'm at katherine alice on instagram um and katie oxman official because Catherine alice wasn't available on tiktok um normally i also have a website katieoxman.com i'm thinking about refurbishing it but so basically other than Catherine Alice on Instagram, just typing in my name should always serve well. I've got some YouTube videos. It wouldn't be hard to find, but at Catherine Alice. It's not hard to find at all. I <laughs> would <laughs> You know, you just do some Googling. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs>